Hi, everybody. My name is Emily, host of the Fuel Your Freedom podcast. In the health and fitness space, there can be so many rules, recommendations, and oftentimes restrictions. On this show, we talk all things freedom. Whether you've been training for years or are looking to take the first steps in your health and fitness journey, this show will fuel your body, mind, and soul to break free from what you've heard in the past and find your version of health and fitness, the one that works for you. Now let's fuel our freedom. Welcome back to the Fuel Your Freedom podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. This week, we are talking about specifically nutrition. So last week, we talked, if you missed the episode, go back and listen. It's episode four. We talked about living in the middle, right? Finding that gray area. And a lot of the examples I used were about nutrition. So today, we're going to expand on some of those uh, that I may have referenced last week. But mostly, we're going to dive into how often we as human beings and as people who are pursuing a fitness goal, whatever that goal may be, we underestimate the power of these basic nutrition principles, right? So there's all sorts of diets out there. I don't think anyone would be shocked to learn that when you Google search, you know, how many different diets are there, which I did uh, when I was writing the blog post of this episode, there was an article comparing 100 different diets. There is so many of them. You can't even believe, right? The list is quite honestly endless. There's over 100 different ways to eat, many with multiple rules to follow, creating a complicated relationship with something that is so primitive. Food. Food has been around for years, right? We have been eating for thousands and thousands of years. And now in this current age, there's so many different ways that people tell us is the best in this way to eat, right? One thing that's super popular right now is intuitive eating, right? Eating more intuitively and in tune with your body and listening to what your body is telling you. But if we stop to think about it, isn't intuitive eating simply just called eating? right? If we weren't used to all of these different diets and having to name a version of how we're eating, wouldn't we just call intuitive eating eating, right? If there was no diets, that it would just be eating. Like food is fuel, don't get me wrong, right? We, we have to fuel our body. The, obviously, the, the title of this podcast is Fueling Your Freedom and food is a big part of that, that nutrition piece. But food is also community its tradition, its relationships, its connection, its sharing, it's so much more than simply fuel. So yes, while it's fuel, these other parts and these other roles that food plays in our lives are just as important, if not more, right? Having a connection with a family, having a traditional recipe passed down through generations, or having that be a cultural uh, staple in your diet is so important and arguably much more important than any arbitrary fitness goal, uh, depending on what that goal is, right? Like, obviously, we want to be healthy, but that tradition still should stay paramount. That connection still should stay paramount. But in, in fitness, we distill this food down to numbers and metrics, good and bad, allowed, not allowed. There's just so many rules. 
But what if we just scrapped it all, chucked it all out the window? What if we forget the rules and got back to the basics? What if instead of having to follow a diet with certain foods eliminated and all sorts of things, what if we just forgot it all? We got back to eating like adults, choosing foods we know nourish the body, and added other foods that might not be as nutrient-dense, but are that connection, are that tradition, are that community and sharing aspects of food? What if we just simplified it all? So that's what we're talking about today. The power of these basic nutrition principles, or really just the basics of anything, can't be underestimated. But before we identify these basics, we have to take a second to recognize how something might be too complicated. So are you overcomplicating food? There's five different ways here we can kind of think about complicating. Is your li- is there a list of rules approximately one mile long that you have to follow exactly or you fail, right? That's a pretty good indication. A lot of these complicated diets will have that. Number two, the exclusion of some of your foods, especially if they're your favorite foods or perhaps what we would consider quote-unquote junk foods. I hate that term, but everyone knows what I mean when I say that. Or the elimination of food groups entirely. Are there rules that restrict the timing, preparation, or consumption of food, telling you when and what to eat exactly, how you need to prepare your food to fit within the confines of this diet or style of eating that someone may be promoting? Number four, is there fear-based marketing around insecurities or problems that you're experiencing? So many of these diets, in the marketing to them, they share that you have this problem, and by following their ways and rules of eating, you can solve your problem. But, in an ironic twist, some of these might be problems you didn't think you even had before they told you you had it and then sold you the solution. That's just ridiculous. It makes me so mad. It happens outside of food too. It happens in fitness and supplements all the time. But it makes me so upset that this is a thing that happens in marketing. Number five, telling you that supplements or specific products from the company are necessary to achieve success in their program. So this is, again, kind of piggybacking off the last one, um, but saying like any supplement in the name supplement should be used to add on to your diet. It shouldn't be used to take a main place in it. It doesn't have to be a main staple. You don't necessarily, quote unquote, need all or any supplements. If we're eating a well-rounded diet, chances are those supplements needs will go down uh, as, as we continue here, right? Of course, there are exceptions, and I'm sure I'll do a podcast someday on supplements if you're interested, shoot me a message and I'll, I'll move that one up the list, but I'm sure someday I'll do it. But if a diet or way of eating tells you that these supplements are necessary, especially if they sell them to you, then it's probably a little complicated, right? So by no means this is a complete list, but hopefully it starts to get you thinking. Does any diet you followed in the past or one you're currently thinking about or one maybe you're currently following come to mind as you're reading this list? I know it does for me. In the past, I bought into many diets that I thought would have me lose weight, only to find out that 17 hours of meal prep, a complicated grocery list, and hours in the kitchen just weren't how I wanted to spend my time. 
so which is where I've come up with my own version of meal prep that I do now. So sure, there will be success stories from these diets and programs that use these rules. Obviously, people aren't trying to make you fail. No one sets out to try and make you fail. They do truly have the best of intentions and want to help you. But at what cost? Or one of my favorite questions, does the diet really quote-unquote work if it doesn't work long-term, right? So some of these we can see weight loss or what whatever goal we're searching for in the short term, but is it worth giving up your favorite foods forever, right? We'll take keto is another perfect example uh, or can be of this. When you go and eat more fat in your diet and minimal carbs, the body will shed a lot of water weight extremely fast because carbohydrates store water. So you'll see an initial weight loss. But keto is a very difficult diet to follow long term, largely due to the restriction and reduction in carbohydrate, right? So when we're eating out, when we're going to these family gatherings, if pasta is your favorite food, well, is is losing weight worth giving up pasta forever, right? So these complicated rules can rule, pun intended, our lives. But what if we just simplified, like I said before, what would simplifying look like, right? So I'm going to go through a couple different uh, ideas of how to simplify. I'm trying to count them in my notes here, and I think there's five of them. Could be wrong, but I think we're going to go through five here. If it's six, it might be six. I'm not sure. But number one, drink water. Yes, it is truly that simple. Water is kind of magical. It makes up a huge percentage of our body and is a catalyst for digestion, metabolic reactions, and so much more. As a general rule, we want to aim for at least half our body weight in ounces per day. But ideally, anywhere between a half and one ounce per body weight is a good estimation, especially depending on body size, activity level, types of activity, the weather, if you're going to be sweating a lot, you're going to need more water, uh, body temperature, etc., I know what you're thinking. Water's boring. Yes, at a certain point, it does kind of feel boring to continue to drink water. But this is where I kind of referenced it earlier. We simply have to do it, right? We can incorporate things like fruit-infused water, unsweetened sparkling water, and herbal teas that can help increase our water intake and give us a little bit of different flavor. But at the end of the day, if we want to excel and reach many fitness goals, we're going to have to be hydrated and that will include drinking water. Number two is controlling your portion sizes. Now, I know where your mind goes. It probably just immediately went to counting calories, but I'm not really saying that at all. While calorie counting is effective and a good tool for many of those those fitness goals, we don't have to count every gram of food. Nutrition labels often estimate anyway, even in the U.S., they can round and estimate within half a gram of certain nutrients. There's all different depending on the types of nutrients. So even the calorie labels are an estimation themselves, right? So if we estimate and simply use our portion size guides, we can control and estimate what we're eating and make sure we're eating a well-balanced diet with a variety of macro and micronutrients without counting weighing a single a single gram of anything, right? So the way I love to do this is to use your hand. 
Okay, so protein is going to be that palm size. And this is, if you want to see a graphic of this, you can head over to my blog at coachemilymeyer.com slash blog. And you can check out the article on that coincides with this blog post. And I'm going to have the picture of this in there. But protein is the center of your palm. So no fingers, just your palm. Women, we want to aim for about one palm per meal. Men, you're going to have two. So you'll see as we go, again, this is just an estimation. If you're a smaller sized male, then you might have maybe a palm and a half. If you're a a larger sized female, you might have a palm and a half, right? It's all kind of estimation, uh, but this gives you a very good starting point, right? So if we start our portions here and then adjust based on how frequently you eat, size or calorie needs, how active we are, the results that you're seeing, your appetite, how frequently you eat, we can adjust these as we go. So back to our protein. Protein, palm, vegetables, a loose fist, carb is a cupped hand, and then fat is about a thumb. So the beauty of this is it coincides to your body, right? So your hands will correlate with the body. Like I said, before, we may have to adjust a little bit more for body size as well, but you won't know unless we try. So we start with this estimation, and then as you see results, or perhaps don't see results, that's where we can adjust up or down. Number three is educating yourself around food and food labels. So I did kind of mention this before, um, in that food labels are often estimations themselves, which is where using our hand is a perfectly great estimation. We don't have to be exact for many lifestyle goals. But also knowing what foods contain certain macro and micronutrients can give you the power you need and would want over nutrition. This allows you to build plates that fit your goals regardless of where you are. So if you know that a lean meat is perhaps higher protein and lower fat content than a fattier meat, you have the power then to choose, oh, I'm at a, say a barbecue, I don't know, and oh, I'm going to have someone grill up a chicken breast versus having an 80-20 beef. Or, oh, instead of 80-20, I'm going to get 93-7 at the store so that I do have a little bit less fat content. Uh, and therefore a little bit lower calories. So it's all about estimations, and we estimate in those portion sizes as well, but as we know what foods contain what macronutrients, we can also build those plates regardless of where you are. So this is super important if you're traveling, right? We can read nutrition labels, of course, but knowing that a hard-boiled egg has a lot of protein in it, it might be a great gas station option to grab and on, on your way on a road trip or wherever you are. So educate yourself around food and food labels. Number four, gosh, I'm already, I'm already losing track. I think it's number four. I don't know. Next one, eat like an adult. So I mentioned this again, I've referenced it a couple times now, but think back to when you were a kid, what were your eating habits and patterns? How did your parents talk to you about food? How was food viewed in your house? Often many of these habits or practices from our childhood and adolescent years shape our relationship with food as an adult. Some are habitual, others may be routine. So taking time to recognize which which of these are routine can allow you to help build eating habits and choose food that nourish your body. So for me, for an example, um, eating like an adult means choosing foods that nourish your body, but also allowing space for those foods that might not be as nutrient dense, right? So 
when I was growing up as a kid, we didn't really have dessert quite that frequently. We would every so and again, right? But often, if I know we're having dessert, right, then I'll have a little bit less at dinner or something like that, right? I might adjust every so often and therefore keeping my calories just a little bit more in check. But personally, I focus on this 80-20 split most times of the year. So that is 80% of high quality nutrient-dense foods that make the body feel good, push me towards my goals, and 20% foods that maybe aren't as nutrient-dense, but as I like to say, they nourish the soul, right? So this is going to be your desserts, uh, alcohol falls in this 20% category, all of those things. Again, most times of the year for me is 80-20. There are times where I'll want to turn it up. I'll want to dial it in a little bit if I'm training for something or I have a big specific goal, then I'll, I might bring that up a little bit. But nine out of 10 times of the year, it's going to be that 80-20 split. My last one here is to focus on you. This is maybe the most important one. It's number five or number six, wherever we're at right now. But everyone, and I do mean everyone, that starts a complicated diet likely will want to talk about their complicated diet, right? While it may be tempting to hop ship and start something more complicated, focus on you. Knowing that while the basics don't provide these quick, fast results, they provide the long-lasting, sustainable results, right? Drinking water, eating vegetables, following portion sizes, it sounds so simple, right? It is, honestly. It, it's not that difficult, but sometimes it can be. There's many things that want to get in the way of our nutrition, but focusing on crushing these basics, even in the most complicated situations, can help to anchor and improve our progress regardless of our goals, right? So there are going to be times that, let's go back to the 80-20, we might shift more towards a 70-30, but when we keep 70% in there, we're still doing a heck of a lot better if we just said heck with it and threw it all at the window with not a care in the world. If we simply focus on busy times on getting in nutrition, getting in nutrition like vegetables, making sure our protein is there, drinking enough water, you'd be amazed. It's going to it's going to crush that all or nothing mentality honestly right out the door because we're it's not going to be a stop and go. We're going to ebb and flow. Yes, of course. We're going to turn it up. We're going to turn it down. But by and large we're going to keep moving forward, right? We're not going to get stopped in our tracks. So like I said before, there's not to say there aren't going to be times we also want to tight dial in a little bit on nutrition. If you're in a fat loss phase, perhaps we do add in a little bit of calorie tracking or perhaps tracking food portions for about a week to make sure we're in a calorie deficit and make sure protein's high to preserve muscle. If we're trying to gain muscle, we have to make sure we're eating a little bit in, a, in, uh, in excess, if you will, in a caloric surplus. We have to make sure we're adding in a snack or two throughout the day. But these are individual and they should be all done with an established base of the basics. Those basics are always there. Food, or excuse me, well, yeah, food too, but water, vegetables, right? All of those things are there. But the problems come in when we try to jump to a more complicated thing without establishing the basics. That's where it breaks down. That's where those diets become non-sustainable. We don't have anything to fall back on. We see this a lot in like short-term high intensity challenges that a lot of people do, right? Challenges are great. We use them at Unity all the time, 
But when we can give these meal plans multiple day, multiple times per day workout, et cetera, et cetera, of course you're going to see results. Like we're building a calorie deficit. But is that diet sustainable long term, right? And that's where we're nailing those basics. So don't underestimate the basics. If there's basics you're not nailing, time to get those down. You may be surprised what progress you can make from just those basics alone. And that brings me to my empowered action for this week. Take time this week to recognize those basic habits that you are crushing. Celebrate the wins, right? Take time to celebrate. Hey, like I am nailing my water lately. Like keep doing those things. At the same time, take inventory of what might need some polishing up. What habits aren't going so great? Are we lacking on some vegetables? Perhaps your water isn't going as great as you once thought. Is there one that stands out? So pick that one habit that stands out like, I could be a little bit better there. And make that habit your focus for this week. Bring it up to par with the rest of the things that you're crushing, right? If there's more than one, pick the most important one or the one that'll cause the most change. So I always tell people to start with water. If your water's not there, that's probably where we need to start. After that, it gets a little bit more individual, but if you want help choosing a habit, if you have three, you're like, ooh, don't know which one to choose first, check it out at coachemilymeyer.com. You can send me an email. You can also find me on Instagram or Facebook and shoot me a message that way, and let's get you moving on those habits, all right? So that is all I have for you guys this week. I did want to let you know we do have a course called Nutritional Freedom available through Unity, so if you're interested in breaking down the basics, right? It's an eight-week course with perhaps a bonus week, an eight eight to nine-week course, right, that you'll have lifetime access to. Each week, we break down one basic habit and we rebuild nutrition so that you can find nutritional freedom and learn and feel confident around food. So if you want to check that out, you can head over to unityfitnesspro.com and check that out. That's available for Unity members and non-members, if you are a member listening to this podcast, make sure you reach out to us. We can get you uh, a code for a discount. If you're a non-member, we sometimes run specials on that. um, So keep an eye on that and shoot me a message if you're interested. So without further ado, I'll let you guys get on with the rest of your day and I will catch you next week. Bye everybody. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Fuel Your Freedom. Remember, this show is all about action. Now it's time to take what you've learned and implement it into your health and fitness journey or even just your life. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want more, don't forget to follow me on all my social media platforms at Coach Emily Meyer and the podcast on Instagram at Fuel Your Freedom Podcast. Thanks for listening, and I'll chat with you next time.